If you've got your Bibles this morning, turn with me to the book of Acts, chapter 16. Acts chapter 16. Let's stand as we begin reading with verse 1 in Acts chapter 16. This is a passage that is often referred to as the Macedonian call. We're looking at our core values. Today, we're focusing on an unwavering commitment to live on mission. We might articulate this as uh, an unwavering commitment to missions and evangelism, but I want you to apply it to your life personally today. It says in verse 1, then he went to Derby, then to Lystra, where there was a, a disciple named Timothy. You know Timothy, don't you? That young man that Paul mentored in the faith. It says the son of a believer, uh, a believing Jewish woman. And it says, but his father was Greek. Interesting background. The, the brothers at Lystra and Iconium spoke highly of him. Paul wanted Timothy to go with him, so he took him and circumcised him because of the Jews who were in those places, since they all knew that his father was Greek. As they traveled through the towns, they delivered the decisions reached by the apostles and the elders at Jerusalem for them to observe. So the churches were strengthened in faith, in the faith, and were increased in number daily. They went through the region of Phrygia and Galatia and were prevented by the Holy Spirit from speaking the message in the province of Asia. When they came to Mysia, they tried to go to Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them. Why would God be closing doors? Because he was opening other doors. He had a different plan at this time. So bypassing Mysia, they came down to Troas. And during the night, a vision appeared to Paul, a Macedonian man standing and pleading with him, cross over to Macedonia. Some translations say, come over here and help us. After he had seen the vision, traveling with him at this time, who does we refer to, the author of Acts, Luke, is traveling with him at this time. So he's got a physician with him. We immediately made efforts to set out for Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to evangelize or preach the good news to them. God had called us. What's God called you to be about? ultimately proclaiming the gospel. Father, we thank you for this truth that we have before us, that you are a God who is still working in the same way, leading us by your spirit, giving us your word, and giving us a heart for all nations. Lord, I pray that as your church in this place, that we would have a heart for our neighbors and all the nations, and certainly the next generation. But it wouldn't be just words that we say, that would be actions that we live, that we would truly live a life on mission. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated this morning. I was 17 years old when I took my first international mission trip. I uh, went with youth from this church to Haiti. Uh, there might be someone here who was on that trip, that particular trip in 1987. I'm not sure, but that was my first mission trip, two weeks in Haiti, and it was culture shock. I remember getting off the plane in the poorest country at that time in the Western Hemisphere, now it's the poorest country in the world, bar none. It's, 
It was so much extreme poverty. I remember the smell. I remember the sights. I remember the, the impoverished conditions that people were living in. And God began to break my heart for this world. He also broke my heart for um, how I had pouted and whined and complained about what I had and what I tolerated in this nation. And when I came back, I realized how rich and how blessed I was, uh, what wonderful conditions that I experienced. In other words, a a trip to another country changed my life. And this church, over the years, has seen teams and individuals that were members of this church go to over 40 different nations. We are actively supporting missionaries, not only all over the world in every nation with open doors through our support of international missions financially, but we have been in partnership with people in dozens of nations that are serving the Lord that come and and experience, uh, that we get to go and experience what they're doing, what they're about. And it's a great joy to see this vision fulfilled. In our core values, we list the vision, we write the vision this way. We have a vision for increased emphasis on local missions and evangelism, providing our members with opportunities for training in personal evangelism, involvement in local ministry projects, and serving the hurting and needy of our area. So it starts at home. It starts with helping you to reach your family and to reach your community with the gospel. And this coming fall, our students will once again have a what we call Global Weekend, but it will be focused on ministering right here in Madison County, serving all over this county, showing the love of Christ, reaching people with the gospel, doing service projects. It's a great outreach to our local community. We also have a vision for dramatically reaching our community and communities with the gospel of Christ. Trinity will continue to be involved in international missions through our financial support of missionaries and involving our members in missions firsthand at home and obviously around the world. Our mission as a church is only actualized if it also becomes your mission and my mission personally. When you don't say, oh, that's what my church does, or that's what the pastor or the staff at the church, that's what they do, but it's who I am as an individual. Every man, woman, boy, and girl in this church family that knows the Lord Jesus Christ needs to be able to say, I am living my life on mission. And so the question is not this morning, is Trinity Baptist Church unwavering in their commitment to missions? We've demonstrated that. We're coming up on a 35th anniversary this December, and I have been pastor half of those years, and I was a a teenager in the church in the early years, and so I know that the church has kind of put their money where their mouth is and has been unwavering in their commitment to missions and evangelism. My question for all of us this morning is, are you personally committed? Are you personally unwavering in your commitment to missions and evangelism, taking the gospel of Jesus Christ to your neighbors, the nations, and the next generation? Principles this church was founded upon and established upon that we want to see continue to grow and continue in the years to come. Well, there's some priorities that we need in place, if that's going to be the case. Priorities that we need as a church, but priorities that you must have as an individual Christian if you're going to be one who is committed to live on mission. And the first one is 
kind of odd. It may seem kind of contradictory to the nature of the message when we focus on international missions, but it has to do with this, the priority of strengthening the local church. We have to have a priority of strengthening the local church before we can be the missional church that God has called us to be. In the first two verses of Acts 16 that we read a moment ago, we saw that Paul was going about from place to place, kind of training up leadership to make sure that the leadership in the local churches was strong. And of course, Timothy would then come along beside him, and he would mentor Timothy. He would pour his life into this young man, and this young man would become a a pastor at the church of Ephesus. He He would be a pastor with great impact, leading the church to be a healthy church. And while Paul, in verse 3, condemned um, the, the Judaizers for this action at other times, he would even have Timothy circumcised for fear of the Jews or for uh, communicating with, with the Jews. And, and this is kind of, a, kind of an odd thing. When you read the book of uh, Galatians and the Judaizers come along and they're saying, if you're uh, going to be saved, if you're going to have eternity in heaven, a relationship with Jesus Christ, they started adding certain Jewish customs to that, uh, certain aspects of the old covenant that were fulfilled in Christ that no longer had to be carried on. One of those was circumcision. And so Paul would explain to the church at Galatia, that's not necessary anymore, and don't let them tell you that it's necessary for salvation. So we might ask, why in verse 3 did he have Timothy circumcised for the sake of the Jews? Was he caving in to something he would later preach against? Not at all. He was not doing this for Timothy's salvation, nor was he doing it to convince anybody else that that was a means of salvation. The reason he was doing it is because he knew that he needed an open door to the Jewish people. In 1 Corinthians chapter 9, Paul would explain to the Jew I became a Jew that I might reach the Jew. To the Gentile, I became a Gentile. I might reach a Jew. To, everywhere he went, he said, I did what I had to do to remove any obstacles, any barriers, in order to gain an audience. Not compromising scripture, but in order to gain an audience for the sake of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so he didn't want that to be an obstacle whatsoever if Timothy was asked about it. And so he didn't allow it, he didn't allow the issue of circumcision to become a stumbling block. It was kind of a meat sacrifice to idols thing, and he says, we're just, we're just not going to let this be a stumbling block. And so he wanted to be able to connect with people. He wanted to be able to engage people. Now, you don't compromise Scripture in order to do that. You don't say, okay, well, I, I, I really want to reach the guy across the road, and every time I go over there, he's got like a fifth of Jack Daniels, and I think if I drink some with him, then uh, maybe he'll listen to me. Well, he might listen to you, but you might not know what to say anymore after that. And he might not appreciate your testimony or recognize any of the power of God in your life. So you don't compromise those standards. And in fact, he would emphasize certain decrees and certain biblical standards. Look at verse 4 in this passage. You know, as they traveled through the towns... It says, they delivered the decisions reached by the apostles and elders at Jerusalem, that great Jerusalem council, when they were discussing the new covenant and the nature of the relationship with Christ, the the nature of salvation, what it truly meant to understand the gospel for a person to be saved. And so they begin to discuss those things. What does it really mean to be 
a Christ follower? What does it really mean to be a disciple? And so they began to strengthen the churches with this. They began to, to focus on what we would call church health in this area. So the churches, verse 5, became stronger. The churches were strengthened. And strong churches increased in number daily. They were able to be evangelistic. They were e- able to see other people come to faith in Christ. Why? Because they had church health. And that's so important. We can't be so uh, concerned about everybody else and at the same time not concerned about our own walk with God. So it's got to start there. Church health, strengthening the local church has got to be something that we're committed to if we're committed to missions and evangelism. If we're committed to winning our neighbors, we've got to be strong. If we're committed to winning the nations, we've got to be strong. If we want to impact the next generation, we have to be strengthened in the faith. We have to know our stuff. Could you imagine that if you went to the doctor and you said, Doc, I got some things wrong with me. I need some help. And, and, and he were sitting there, and he had a cigarette in one hand, and he had some whiskey over to the side, and he had a donut as big as a house, and he's smoking and eating, and, he, and he's just kind of saying, well, tell me what's wrong. Tell, tell me what, what's your problem. What's, what's the issue with your health? And then as he kind of coughed all over you and, and uh, sneezed all over you, And uh, maybe even he started feeling nauseous in front of you because of what he was eating and drinking and had too much of it all. You would say, I'm out of here. I'm going to have to find me another doctor. What about health in the things of the faith? Are we strong in the Lord and the power of his might? Are we spiritually stable in our lives, understanding what we believe? Do we know sound doctrine that we started this series on when we said that we are committed to biblical authority and doctrinal integrity? Do we know the Word of God? Do we know what it is we believe? Do we know how to defend what we believe? Do we know why we believe it? Are we living lives with solid character so that if someone sees us Monday through Saturday, if someone sees us uh, on a Friday night, or if somebody sees us uh, out shopping in town, would they say they're the same Christian? They're the same committed disciple out there that they are on Sunday morning. Is the church being strengthened? Are we strong in the Lord and in his mighty power with solid character, with a unified vision as a church? Is there unity in the body of Christ? Are there expectations and standards for leadership in a church like this? All of these are signs of church health. Do we have a heart for a lost world? And so, This whole heart for missions and evangelism starts with a heart for health, that we are a healthy church. Many of the problems and many of the reasons that churches become inward focused and churches uh, fail to grow and fail to have a vision for the future is because they don't focus on the health of their own members. And so as as a church that's committed to missions and evangelism, we need to be a church that's committed to help each individual Christian live on mission and to be healthy in their walk with God, where we deal with divisions and we put away grumbling and complaining, that we do away with self-centeredness and self-centered focus, that we do away with spiritual laziness. Uh, One of the signs of an unhealthy church, one author said, was that they always focus on the past. Remember then, remember what we did here, remember what we did there. And, And sometimes a church can fall victim of the uh, glorious past 
And the greatest obstacle to doing something tomorrow and saying the best is yet to come is because of idolizing what we've done in the past. So church health, strengthening the church has to be a priority. It's got to be a priority of this church. It's got to be a priority in your life if you live on mission. Take care of yourself. How many times have you heard that in a hospital or somewhere else? Before you can take care of somebody else, be sure that you take care of yourself. The same is true spiritually. Secondly, there's got to be a sensitivity to the leadership of the Holy Spirit. What do I mean by sensitivity to the leadership of the Holy Spirit? We saw it a moment ago in the scriptures in verses 6 through 8. They go through the region of Phrygia and Galatia. But they were prevented by the Holy Spirit from speaking the message in the province of Asia. Well, we're ready to go, but the Holy Spirit is doing something here. He's got something else in store for us. And when they came to Mysia, they tried to go into Bithynia. But the Spirit of Jesus did not permit them. And so they went another direction. By passing Mysia, they came to Troas. There was a place where God wanted to do a work, where God wanted to speak into their hearts and in their lives. As committed Christians to to being a Christian-owned mission, you've also got to be committed to walking step, hand-in-hand, step-by-step with the Holy Spirit. Hand-in-hand, step-by-step with the Holy Spirit. What was the promise at the beginning of the book of Acts in Acts 1-8? Acts 1-8 we refer to because that's our missional. Pastor Pablo mentioned Acts 1-8 earlier. Our Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the uttermost parts of the world. But what happened before that? He said, you shall receive what? Power. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and then you will be my witnesses. So many times we're not living on mission because we're not yielded daily to the Holy Spirit's power at work in our lives. And so we've got to be sensitive and obedient to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit brings us a boldness to share the gospel. The Holy Spirit also brings clarity to the gospel so that when we say, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ because it is the power of God into salvation, it's the Holy Spirit working in us and working through us and taking the gospel, sometimes even in spite of us, and bringing that boldness and bringing that clarity into our lives as we walk in step with the Spirit. And so we we can say we've got a heart for the nations, but did we spend time having a personal quiet time with God? Did we say, Lord, fill me up this morning because when I go to my workplace, I want to be on mission for you. When I go to school today, I want to be a missionary for the Lord Jesus Christ. Do we ask for a fresh feeling of his Holy Spirit so he'll give us the boldness? Pastor Robbie, I'm just, I don't have the courage to share my faith. Pastor Robbie, I don't have the courage to go overseas on a mission trip. Pastor Robbie, I can't. Hey, listen, if you can't, great. Because you won't do it in your own strength. You will depend on the Holy Spirit of God, a fresh filling of that Spirit to do in and through you what you would never and could never do on your own. And the Holy Spirit begins to prompt us and open doors and close doors. In Revelation chapter 3, Jesus said, look, I'm the one who closes doors. I'm the one who opens doors and creates those opportunities. In 1 Corinthians chapter 16, Paul said, a wide door for effective ministry was opened for us in Ephesus. This wide door was opened by the Holy Spirit who was leading and guiding us and giving us opportunities and giving us the boldness to speak into those opportunities. You say, I just, I don't have those things happen to me where the Lord just speaks to me in a powerful way. Are you asking him to? 
Are you turning from sin and self on a daily basis, getting on your knees before God and saying, Holy Spirit of living God, fill me afresh and anew today. Throughout the week, I find myself praying, and even more fervently on Sundays, the words of an old hymn, Jesus be Jesus in me, no longer me, but thee, resurrection power, fill me this hour, Jesus be Jesus in me. Do you pray like that? Do you seek his direction like that? And then are you sensitive and obedient to the leadership of the Holy Spirit as he takes the word of God and drives and leads you through life? That's why Pastor Pablo is here. There was the promptings of the Holy Spirit that put a lot of things together. This past summer, I was praying about the opportunities God was giving me to encourage pastors, and I felt strong. God was telling me in my personal quiet time, you need to encourage other pastors. It's about the kingdom. It's not about what's happening at Trinity, but you need to be an encouragement to other pastors. And as I was praying about being an encouragement to other pastors and how I could then I get a phone call from Finney Matthews, and he says, I had a cancellation. I need you to come to Peru with me and teach, and because this church has a missional heart, they said, go to Peru and, and preach and, and teach. They may have been saying, we'd rather hear Pastor Ben preach this Sunday anyway. I don't know, but they said, go and minister and serve, and so I meet a man with a heart like Pastor Pablo here who's got a heart for the world, and and is training pastors and gives me an opportunity to teach pastors how to preach and teach the Word of God. God opened the door, and we walked through that. That's why we've been in places like India and Haiti and over 40 nations as a church. God opens a door of opportunity, and it's hard to say no. Perhaps in some of those situations, we're planting seeds of the gospel. In other situations, we're watering those seeds. And, and sometimes we have the joy of being there during harvest seasons. It's also why God placed Trinity in northeast Georgia. It's why God placed us in Madison County to be sensitive and obedient to the Holy Spirit as you walk in the Spirit. God put you in that school. God put you in that neighborhood. God put you in that workplace that you might be his missions center in that place. Remember what the Great Commission says, as you are going, make disciples. You're here You weren't raptured out of here the moment you were saved because God has a mission and a purpose for you to represent him, to be an ambassador for Christ wherever you are, wherever you go. And so live on mission. If we're going to be a missional church, if we're going to be actually a church that is committed to missions and evangelism, then as individual members of the body of Christ, we all have to have that commitment to live on mission. And then finally, look what happens in that context when we're, when we're healthy and, and being strengthened and we're walking with a sensitivity to the Holy Spirit's leadership in our life. We'll begin to receive specific visions for specific people. Specific visions for specific people. During the night, verse 9, a vision appeared to Paul, a Macedonian man standing and pleading with him, cross over to Macedonia and help us. Do you have a vision for what God's doing in other places? Do you care? Do you have a heart for that? When, uh, when I almost said Pastor Jeff, prophetic utterance this morning. Uh, when Jeff mentioned that uh, others were worshiping, did, did tears come to your eyes like they did mine as we were singing in Spanish? God wants us to have a vision for that. We also need to pray and ask, what does God have in store for each of us? 
will we be sensitive and obedient through the Holy Spirit's leadership in our lives? What's that calling in, in your life? Um, how do you need to be sensitive and obedient to the leadership of the Holy Spirit? You know, that's, it's exciting to travel around the world, but it's also exciting to take some brownies or cookies across the street and welcome a new neighbor because you want to connect with them to share Christ. That's being sensitive and obedient to the Holy Spirit. It's at bedtime talking to your child about where they are in their faith journey. Do they understand the gospel? And have you as a mom or as a dad explained that to them so that when they lay their head on their pillow at night, they know they have a relationship with Christ? That is being sensitive and obedient to the leadership of the Holy Spirit. And then ask God to give you a vision for a specific people. That's what God did when he opened the door to Peru. We don't plan that sort of thing. God just shows us what he's doing as a result of that. I meet a, a friend like Jared's father, Pastor Naftali, that we look forward. Uh, Pastor Pablo is going to preach in Spanish. He will not need an interpreter this afternoon at 4 o'clock in a Hispanic mission. Those are just small examples of what God wants to do in your life, in my life, in the life of this church as he's done in the past and will continue to do in the future. As we walk in step with the Holy Spirit of God, being sensitive and obedient, would you bow your heads with me this morning? Father, we pray that you would empower us afresh and anew by your Holy Spirit. We would live a life walking worthy of you, bearing fruit in every good work for your glory. We pray this in Jesus' name.